What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Today's episode of the Chase to Must podcast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Panko Chicken. The new Atlanta restaurant thrives off of a unique spin on Japanese and Western cuisine and is already racking up the awards, winning best-selling taste in the Taste of Atlanta Awards both in 2017 and 2018. So if you're in the metro Atlanta area and are wanting to try something new and good and delicious, Go to Panko Chicken today and tell them that I sent you over. You'll be glad you did, I promise. Panko Chicken, where eats meets West. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, welcome back to a Thursday night edition of the Chase Thomas podcast. Count on Vic is here, and I can count on her being on this podcast this week you never know week to week but this week i could count on her <laughs> i tried i know we tried a few times and and that's my bad but you know things come up in the nba uh-huh. world and i'm glad that i can be here and thank you for having me um i still don't necessarily completely understand what you do vic can you oh, even... here, here we go <laughs> uh-huh. um it's just you know it's a little bit of everything i i feel like for the last three years i've really worked hard on building a vast network that has a little bit of nightlife a little bit of fashion a lot of nba um contacts whether it's brands you know i've consulted for jordan brand before i've done a lot of things with adidas and nike and jordan basketball um and it kind of just happened in the sense that I didn't really know where this was going. And, you know, now I have the podcast with Slam. I mm-hmm. kind of get to talk about what I do more on there. But there's just a lot that I can't even talk about, whether I'm working with an athlete. And, you know, people kind of see that finished product on social media. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's just a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that I mostly do uh, for players, for brands. Um, and then there's the stuff that, you know, people see, like – I did the Converse takeover on Instagram for their first hoops event with Kelly Oubre, like things like that. Um, but yeah, I don't really think like, I'm kind of like Rich Paul, you know, Rich told me this during draft week, actually He said something like, I don't like being called an agent because it doesn't really um, convey everything that I do. And that's how I feel. There isn't really one thing that I do, but hmm. we're, well, we the NCAA wouldn't like to call me an agent either. Oh yeah, the NCA would probably give me give me shit for just, <laughs> just breathing. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, but, could but go on. Yeah. You, you were saying something else. Um, yeah, no, I'm just I'm just here to to like you know do my best on that end. Just try my best for athletes um, and for brands. And it's kind of like a lot of dot connecting, like I connect mm-hmm. dots in that sense. And um, you know, just put people just hit me up for things. So if I can make it happen, I make it happen. And most times you can't count on it. Sometimes, you know, like if I can't do something, then I will do my best to 
to learn that whatever that new thing is, you know, because the athlete relations side didn't really happen until recently where, you know, I was kind of growing that network and that is my value that I bring in. So mm-hmm. whether a player needs, I don't know, uh, dinner in New York City and then I make that happen or whether. Really? Uh, yeah. It's like. You know, when when I had dinner with Rich and Draymond, that was like a last minute thing. Hey, we're here for two days. Where should we go? I was like, I got it. Um, or it could be that might have been the coolest thing I've ever heard in my life. I got it. Like when talking about it. Rich Paul and uh, Draymond just hitting yeah. up. Like, oh, yeah, that's yeah, you're underselling all of this, but continue. Draymond and my boy Rich, uh, and my boy Nick, who um, who works with him, was worked with him for a long time, about six years. Like, hey, we're in town. Where should we go? Do you want to meet up? Do you want to meet up? And then Rich came through, and uh, it was the most fascinating two hours of basketball conversation I've ever been a part of, and I've been a part of a lot. So, um, Rich I'm sure just, you can't really divulge why that was interesting. No, I can't really go into it. Uh, but I will say he's just someone that you know. It's a privilege to learn from him. Who, Draymond, Rich, or Rich, Rich, Rich? Okay. I mean, Draymond is great. I love Draymond. But Draymond, all of us were kind of just sitting there listening to Rich for two hours, which was, you know, that's how captivating the man is. But um, it's just like a lot of real shit that I personally really just um, identify with, you know, kind of not the immigrant part. I'm an immigrant, but he's he just also kind of started from nothing. Uh, from zero in the sense that, you know, obviously he has the powerful friendship that he has with LeBron, but a lot of people would just write someone else's coattails when this man legitimately built up a business that's so successful that now the NCAA has to make rules to kind of try and marginalize him and put him in a box, you know? Have you talked to him about this at all? Um... Touched on it a little bit, uh, not the NCAA stuff because that just happened. But mm-hmm. I was very lucky to be um, to have that dinner and you know get to know him a little more, and that was really cool. But you know that's just it, things just kind of happen in my life. Like you know I I can't really plan one day or one week or one month in advance. It just kind of like all kind of happens, you know. Okay. Do you want to eventually just be an NBA agent? Is that kind of an end game for you? I don't think an agent would be right for me. Manager, yes, because, you know, I do a lot of managing as it is. But when you're an agent, there's a lot of restrictions because you can't necessarily, um, there's like rules and regulations with that. Once you become an agent, you can't talk to everyone so freely. Like, even if it's a brand or something in that sense. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, I like my freedom. That's why I haven't really tied myself down to one company that I want to work with. Or job title. (laughs) Or job title, for that matter. (laughs) So, yeah. So, it's kind of just like, I'm 26 now and I'm, I'm still, you know, a lot of people ask me. They think I have my shit together. Like, I just, I'm figuring it out as I go, you know? Um Mm. But this is yeah, what you always wanted to do? Did you kind of have this uh, just kind of um, laid out when you were in college or growing up? No, no. Um, you know, college for me was interesting. I went to, I went to NYU and I did psychology. Um, and that's the thing that I feel like 
is my niche. Like I'm good with people. I'm good with talking to people more than I would have ever been on paper with math or chemistry or physics or whatever the subject was. You know, I was more always more of okay, I can read people well, I can read a room, and I can, like, make myself valuable in the sense that people will remember me. And I think that's a skill that I didn't really know I had until people started telling me that I had it, and then I capitalized on it, you know? So, mm-hmm. um so yeah, it's still like a, a moving, learning process for me. Like as the league is evolving, I'm evolving, and I feel like there's a lot of things that I didn't know a year ago. With a lot of the backhand stuff that happens with athletes and brands and agencies, that now I kind of know how to maneuver my way through those. Um, yeah, and I'm very, very lucky. Like, yeah, I'm an immigrant and all that, but like I came to New York City at the end of the day, and New York just gives you a platform like if you're a go-getter and you shoot your shot literally I tell people just ask like a lot of people hit me up and they'll be like well how do we get this or how do we do this because we saw you do it just ask right. like a, a lot of people, I tell people will that a lot too yeah yeah you get it certain guests or anything like that like the worst thing they can, they can say is no and you, what do you have to lose right like I had Jason Stein on the pod today and it drops mm-hmm. tomorrow but um Jason you know, started a business from nothing, also went to NYU, um, and built laundry service and cycle, two of the biggest businesses. And laundry service handles everything for Jordan brand and mm. for Be- and a lot for Beats as well. So he built a, and then sold now recently millions of dollars uh, worth. So he's of doing okay. <laughs> yeah, no, but but that's the thing with Jason. Like he told me today on the pod, he gave me a, a quote. I think it was by Steve Jobs. And he said, if I'm doing something today that it was, it was a quote, something, something about like, if you're not doing something that you want today or tomorrow, then what are you doing? Like, just go for it because Mm -hmm. we all die at the end of the day. You know what I mean? So with this thing, I didn't really plan it. It just kind of happened. You know, social media was a big part of it. Mm -hmm. I got a lot of attention for, for just personal, you know, views on, on the game. And just a lot of it was Namely jokes. Kobe Bryant. Yeah. You know, that's my favorite player. And mm-hmm. I always tell people like I finessed the career just to meet Kobe and I got to meet Kobe and I got to work with Kobe. So how is Kobe, how is working with Kobe? Kobe is, is a very creative guy. Um, mm-hmm. and I didn't really like work with him on, like it was just dear basketball and it was through his movie. And, mm-hmm. um, it was just a partnerships with, that we had with this brand that we brought in. can't say what the brand is, but mm-hmm. it was really, really cool. And it was when the movie had gotten nominated and they just wanted more exposure on it so he could actually win, which he did. Um, he's just a very, like, when Kobe followed me on Twitter in 2013, he said, I'm following 100 fans, and I was one of them. I was, like, 19, and I was so hype when mm-hmm. that happened. And he was just very genuine, and I didn't think he would be. Like, that was my favorite player, but I knew how intense he was, and I was like, there's no yeah. way he's going to talk to me. I'm a nobody. And he was very genuine, and, and throughout the whole, like, when he sees me, like, first of all, his memory is crazy. Like, I will, I I will say that. this. Yeah. I will say this, like Kobe, LeBron, 
and James Harden have, they like, they'll know your face. If they see you a few times, they'll know who you are. Hmm. Yeah. They, they peep everything, especially Braun. Braun peeps a lot. And, and which seems even more like if I had to guess who would be least likely of the three, it'd be LeBron just because yeah. he meets so many people across so many different platforms. And, um, I'm awful with names and faces at this point. Like I, I tell people, I'm like, I think I've reached my quota, my brain reached <laughs> quota on how many people I could just insert in my life that right. if I don't see you three or four times, I'm not going to remember you at all. Right. So the way I am, I'm good with faces, but names mm. I'm horrible. And, but if you think about how talented and detail oriented these yeah. players are, because Kobe and LeBron are the best at what they do. They've they literally different personality wise, like they're wired differently. They are. They really are. Um, it's just that when it comes to the game, mm-hmm. like, have you ever heard LeBron talk about a game in a postgame conference? Like he yeah. knows exactly everything that happened, who made what shot, when the, the, how many seconds were left on the shot clock. Like, it's just really ridiculous how, um, how he sees like that's why his court vision is the way it is also so i that's the one thing that i also learned um you learn as you go like different players different personalities um different like levels of passion for Mm -hmm. the game and it's just all been like a lot of people you know they've they've they finish school and then they they, want to work in sports and they get an office job and uh, they're very good at what they do, but they don't really get to experience and see these outside off the court things they're, that really make the game and the culture of basketball what it is. And that's very, that was always very important to me, which is why I'm not, I haven't really tied myself down to any just one thing. <laughs> see, we're, this is how we find out that we're wired very differently because I've always been very Will Leach and Ted Spinney in that I don't really want to know. And I like to keep things at bed. I don't want to get in that world. I like it being um, Dan Rubenstein in the Solid Verbal talks about this, where it's like he looks at sports as a TV show. And when you look at it that way and you just look at everything from an entertainment value standpoint, um, it's easier not to get bogged down by the other stuff when you'll see and you're like, ah, because a lot of people think they know somebody and then they'll get into that world. And I just I try to stay away from that as much as I possibly can. Interesting. So, you know, for me, oh, there's interesting music playing. Um, for me, it's it's always like been, I'm not really, it's not really like off the court stuff when it comes to like a player's family or personal life. Mm-hmm. It's more like what their interests are because the yeah. game has evolved to the point where these players care about so many outside things of just the game of basketball. You know, so many of these guys do fashion. Like, Athletes being a fashion week is like at its peak and most of them are NBA players. Mm-hmm. So whether they do that in New York or Europe or, you know, Asia or wherever they go, it's just become such a major part of, you know, like now you have pages like League Fit, shout out Ian who runs League Fit, mm-hmm. um, who just focus on the fashion aspect of it. And a lot of the fashion that these guys wear and, and put out there is has something to do with the history of the game, which is always very interesting. Um, and then, you know, there's things like music, like a lot of these guys, speaking of which just happened, Dane just dropped his album. Like, they have so many other interests. So for me, like, even with the show, with the podcast, like, when I talk to an athlete, it's never about, like, oh, this season you averaged 30 and 10. It's more like, 
like when I was talking to Kat, like one of the main things with Carl was his relationship and friendship with um, with Mac Miller. Hmm. Yeah. And Interesting. he was so they were close. They were very close. Very, very close. Um, his post after uh, Mac passed on September 7th of last year was very emotional and very personal. And that's something that I, you know, I made sure before I spoke to him, you know, we've been cool for a while, but I made sure that he was cool with me touching on that. And he was like, yeah, of course, like I would love to, to say something about that. Hmm. How did um, they meet? So it was funny because like just in that space of music and basketball, like rappers and ballers just hang out in the, at the same spots. But then Kat said that he invite like Mac invited him to his house a bunch of times. And Mac was just that type of, that type of dude. Like he just loved forming relationships and friendships. Like it was never about, what he could get out of someone, you know, like it was never like, Oh, I'll come watch you play or anything like that. Like, give me tickets. It was more like, we're homies. What do you think about my music? We're friends. You know, like it was more than that. He had the natural charm where it just seemed like that dude was just happy to be there and was just cool with everybody. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, it's just like things like that. It's always been that for me. And that's why my passion also is connecting these dots with players and off the court things that they're trying to do. So, yeah. Who do you, I'm not sure if you can answer this, but who do you know, or do you feel like you know the best or know the most about athlete wise in the NBA? NBA wise? Mm-hmm. Um, damn. Like personally? Yeah. When Dilo was here for a couple of years, um, I got mm. really close with his family. Uh, his brother, Tone Antonio, is a good friend of mine. And, um, you know, they were they were always great. Like, Sean and Craig, his cousins, uh, who help him out a lot. Um, his CAA rep, the amazing Jess, um, who just, you know, runs so much for so many guys on the day-to-day basis. Um, I just, like, got really close with with all of them and then i ended up helping out a little bit with his birthday party this year um how old is he now he turned 20 he turned 23 that's what i was gonna say in february sound right yeah okay yeah he turned 23 but you know kuz is a guy that um i respect a lot and i get to be around and very lucky to to do that um i've gotten very close with aaron gordon um Hmm. who's a who's a great talent and they're all around that age they're 23 24 so it's kind of like I feel old and people say I'm young. So it's like weird yeah. a little bit. Um, but, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie is another guy that's just like, such a good soul to be around. Um, you know, I got to meet. How did they uh, feel about getting split up? So, Have you asked them about it? Like the D'Lo, Spencer Dinwiddie split? Spencer, Spencer. I mean, they, they were really, they were good friends. But mm. I feel like, you know, what D'Angelo wanted was a team to like have his back mm-hmm. and you know he kind of knew it was coming he kind of knew that you know with all the talks with Kyrie and KD I mean those have been going on for a year and a half mm-hmm. I don't know how much people know about that but even last summer like when I was around in the, at those runs like you heard a lot about that and so there was um, a lot of stock into the KD stuff from this week about like Brooklyn was always the the place yeah. he left 
I mean, New York was always the place. I, mm. I, I personally thought it was going to be the Knicks. Hmm. Um, but then the, the Nets happened. Um, was Dinwiddie always pretty confident about them getting at least one of the ghost guys? I don't, I don't know. I haven't asked Spencer. I just know Spencer is hmm. the only thing that he's mentioned that he's very, very hype because... <laughs> I imagine so, yeah. Yes, yes, and he's very excited. Um, I'm very happy for him that he signed also the extension last year. And he's cool um, with Kyrie too, right? Isn't yeah. that been the report that like he was like the secret whisperer to bring in Kyrie? I, I don't know how much how much of that is true. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I'm trying to get Spencer is spending his summer in LA. He's from LA originally, mm-hmm. so I'm trying to get him on the on the pod um, okay. when he gets when he gets back. So hopefully, I can ask You'll about that. Scoop. But those young. Yeah, those youngins are, are great. Like, I love Karis. Karis and Spencer have been in L.A. working out together. Hmm. Um, but, cl- like, close-wise, yeah, I would say it's, it's those, like, younger guys. Got to be around Devin Booker a bunch this season. Um, you know, worked a lot with uh, Irv Roland, who was uh, who's James Harden's main guy. You know, got to be more around P.J. Tucker. Like, P.J.'s the homie. Love PJ. He's just a good personality. Draymond's great. Like Draymond is a really smart guy. People don't realize that uh, as much as they should. Mm. Hmm. And yeah, I don't know. It's just I never really like try to get too close. You know, yeah. like I'm not. But I'm 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 like the homie. If they need anything, I'm here for it. You know. Um, but yeah, but but D'Angelo's family is is great. Those boys are are awesome, and and wishing them all the best. And um, he's out, you know, in the Bay and in L.A. a lot this summer. Is he happy to be there? He is. He's very happy. Okay. They're all, they're all very happy. You know, New York can be a lot sometimes. It's a mm-hmm. lot of pressure. It's a lot of movement. Like, you walk out of the house and there's so much going on. Um, California is more relaxed in that sense. But I'm just hyped to see, you know, Steph is probably his favorite player. So I'm really hyped oh, to see. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and they already worked out a bunch together, so I'm really mm-hmm. hyped to see where that's going to take him. It's going to take his game to the next level, like, I already know that. But I hope that people always remember what he did for the Brooklyn Nets. Like, he brought excitement. Um, he could have worked out. Like, he could have, like, he was the throw-in of that Lakers trade, and Magic kind of pushed him aside, and all that kind of stuff with Nick Young and everything, and it mm-hmm. could have gone the complete other way, and mm-hmm. it didn't. You know, I always say talent talent perseveres, and he's very mm. talented, and he's a very, very good kid. So, um, you know, like, all that stupid stuff when he was 20, whatever, like, that wasn't even, it's not even worth talking about anymore. And it wasn't fair for Magic to go, like, for all that, like, it, it's like he was 20. Like, it, it just a, a dumb yeah, thing. Yeah, and Magic, Magic, Magic kind of used that as a, as a, yeah, kind of as a, this is my excuse for doing this. Mm-hmm. But, you know, um, I think it was good for D'Angelo at the end of the day because he became a different person here in New York. He mm-hmm. became so much like better just as a human being, uh, I feel like. Because, you know, like when you're that young and you're still developing and yeah. you're in L.A. and there's a lot of like that Hollywood shit going on, it can't always be healthy. But in New York, I feel like he really like achieved that peak whatever that was that we saw in brooklyn that was so amazing you know like it was just it was just really dope to see and i'm, I'm sad he's gone but i know it's it's for the better so that's where i'm at with that personally 
you, I can tell you're sad that he's gone. You're, you're genuinely am. sad that he's gone. I am, man. Like, you know, like, it's those Nets boys. They're, they're my boys. And like I said, I'm like, Tone is my guy. That's his brother. And, and I just saw him in L.A. Uh, at the Players' Tribune event. And that was great. And then I realized, like, damn, like, they're not going to be around anymore like that. So, you know, shit happens. Hmm. It's, it's, it's the league. It's, it, is, it is what it is. But, um, I mean, I'm excited. The Warriors are, are going to be interesting to watch, for sure. So it sounds like you don't think, in D'Lo maybe too, that he's going to get flipped. Because like, once that happened, they immediately thought, oh, this is just a placeholder before they flip him for something else. So they got something for KD. So you think there's a real chance, because of his relationship with Steph and everything else, that he actually might stick around and that people should oh, yeah. assume that he's getting moved? No, they shouldn't assume anything. I feel like, I feel like right now... I mean, they wouldn't have signed him and made all this hoopla around him if they weren't going to keep him for at least one season to see how this goes. Mm-hmm. Also, with Clay being out, you know, D'Angelo is going to, D'Angelo is a shooter. He can fucking shoot from anywhere. He's a bucket. He's going to so, go off. Yeah. Yeah. So it's only going to enhance his style of play. And I mean, like I said, with Clay out, what do the dubs have to lose right now? They're just going to, they should just run with it. Honestly. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for that. I'm excited to see what the Rockets are going to do. I mean, Westbrook is one of my favorite players and I will die on the Westbrook Hill any day of the week. Um, I, I can't join you there. I'm sorry. I'm not here for the, for the Russ slander. I'm sorry. Um, okay. that's my, that's my guy, but, um, I do hope that, they can take some of the pressure off each other. Speaking of uh, James Harden and, and mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook, and hopefully they don't have to feel like winning a game is on them and then make those mistakes that really frustrate the fans. Um, and that kind of goes smooth. I mean, I, that's what I'm hoping for, but it's definitely going to be, they're definitely going to be like one of the most fun duos to watch next season. Um. Do you think, just from your sense of just being around a bunch of different guys, do you, does it seem like because it, one of the biggest criticisms towards this era of star basketball players is that they are all friendly with each other and they're it's just very different from the rivalries of just yesteryear? Do you think that's true Do you, or do you notice that um, maybe there are a lot more rivalries that a lot of people just don't even know go in? But Or do you think that everybody actually is cool with everybody off the court? Um, I mean, yeah, it's not the eighties anymore mm-hmm. or the nineties. Um, but I do feel like, I mean, at the end of the day, when you get on the court, like you're on the court, like, yeah. do you think like people made a huge deal like years back when Katie and, and LeBron were working out together in Miami or some shit, like those guys get on the court, they still want to beat each other. Like mm-hmm. it's not, it's not a, Oh buddy, buddy, I'm not going to take the shot because I'm friends with you type thing. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. people just make more of it than it actually is in my eyes. Um, but you know, like personal rivalries, no, like there's nothing really that like comes to mind that sticks out. Um, in particular, like, I just feel like, like I said, it's not like a mentality that's going on really anymore, but mm-hmm. you know, there's still guys like Patrick Beverly who will go at anybody. They don't care. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Like it's all respect, 
but you know, there's guys that will give it to you on purpose just because I don't know, they lost to you last season in the playoffs or something, you know, like that's always there. The competitiveness in basketball, like that hasn't changed. The NBA is still the NBA. Yeah. Um, how do you get through the NBA offseason usually? Like, what is your? Are, are you already losing your mind at no basketball for a month and a half now, or how do you nope. get through it? Nope, I'm totally, I'm totally good because what people don't realize, and I always say this, off season is my on season. Like, I mm. had, I had in the last month and a half, I had three LA trips. I had to be there for the NBA awards. I had to be, I had to go to um, San Francisco for the for the playoffs for the finals. Um, shout out Twitter for that Twitter sports and TJ. And I just feel like the, the, the second summer hits, it's my craziest time. And, you know, now also like doing the show, it's been a lot. So there's a lot of people coming into the city. I personally, like I go to the runs, like this is that season of hitting me up people, random people hitting me up. Hey, Vic, can you get us in the runs? no bitch i can't get you in the runs like this is not like unless like i'm I, I know you like that and brickley's cool with it you know it's all about chris this is his gym this is his run and i always ask him before i bring someone um but i get my fair share like even last week like i was there and j cole was playing Mello was playing lance stevenson and um who else was in there um donovan mitchell has been in I think Kelly Oubre is in now. Yeah, Donovan Mitchell has been in the city for a while. Uh, Trey Young was in town, saw him play. Like, no, guys are here. I'm good. I'm good. Like, August is kind of, in terms of events and to be at places, it's not much. But June, July is a lot because you have, I have the Gatorade um, Athlete Awards in LA. It's my second year that I did it with Kat. I had Go Hoop Day with Chris Paul, also in LA. I had the NBA draft, draft week, slam draft suite. It's like one thing after the other. So I'm tired I just listening to this. I don't know. I, if I, do, I can do all this. I would have just canceled yeah. all these. Like I'm notorious for just canceling plans. So yeah, that this is this sounds exhausting. It's it's a lot. It's nice when you're getting paid for it. It's nice mm-hmm. when you're when you see the product at the end and you're like, damn, like like Go Hoop Day with Chris Paul was amazing. Like it's so dope to even like be around that, you know what I mean? Like all these kids and, and what he's doing with the community and it was on Crenshaw. So it's just like, it means a lot. Um, I personally, I really enjoy it. But like I said, I mean, SP's week, I did SP's week last month and that was um, the annual uninterrupted party, which they do really, really well. Mm-hmm. Shout out to them uh, with Braun. And, um, you know, I get to see a lot of people that I don't really see a lot, like Rachel Nichols, who's, uh, you know, so amazing and an idol and now a good friend. Um, Cassidy Hubbard, like all, the, all these women in sports that I really look up to. Taylor Brooks, even though Taylor's in New York, so I get to see her a, lot, a little more. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it's, it, it's a good vibe and a lot of players are in and out of New York, in and out of LA. So there's always something going on. Like all of this month, like, even now, Baron Davis is in town, and Baron was like, "Vic, where are the runs at?" <laughs> so I hit a, I hit a Brickley, and you know, he said, "Come through Monday." So, uh, going Monday, I don't know if when Baron you say Brickley, still... you mean the shooting coach, Chris Brickley. Yes. Yeah. 
not okay. just the shooting coach. He's just the trainer for oh, I, I just, everything. I just associated yeah. him as shooting coach. <laughs> yeah, he's, he trains. He does a lot. Um, and he's great at it, you know. So he's built this uh, summer run culture. He, you know, he was with the Knicks, and that's how him and Melo became really close. And Hoodie Melo was originated by Carmelo Anthony and Chris Brickley. Hmm. Yes. Uh, so that's how all that when happened. When originated, like, they came up with it? It wasn't just, like, an accident that him just wearing a hoodie all the time? Or they actually talked about putting on a hoodie and, like, making they, this part of him? No, they didn't talk about it. Oh, it's okay. just, it's just Melo decided, like, he wanted to run, and it was raining one night. He wanted to literally run at a soccer field in the middle of the summer, and he put a hoodie on, and Chris was with him, and took a video, and that became Hoodie Melo. And then huh. the runs happened at, at Lifetime, at Sky, and that's how it's been going. So, you know, when you have like guys coming in like LeBron, for example, and like Ben Simmons, like one day out of the year or a few days out of the year, it's like, we keep it very tight. So like Brick would be like, Oh, I don't know who that person is. Like get him out of the gym because (laughs) you want to, you want to protect the player at the talent Uh at the end of the day. But yeah, I mean, it's he like, that's the culture of, nyc basketball in the summer and it never gets boring for me like yeah i'm, I'm excited for the season to start of course but because i just want to see like how all of this is going to pan out with the new like everybody moving moving around in the league but there's always like i mean even last summer like it was like mellow chris paul james harden like playing in the gym all together i got to see that before everyone else did you know so it's just fun for me like i'm just chilling <laughs> What is what does Melo do post NBA career? What do you think he actually does? I don't think he's done yet. I don't even want to think about that. I mean, so he's you think very he's getting signed. I mean, I hope he is. I hope mm-hmm. he is because the league is doing him wrong right now. They're doing him dirty, in my opinion. Because um, Melo is still a bucket. Melo can still close out games. Melo will still make that three from anywhere. So that's kind of my two cents on it that mm-hmm. I can really talk about. Yeah. Um, but he's, I mean, he's been doing the business aspect very well for years. Um, the he's watches. Been doing <laughs> the fashion aspect, you know, uh-huh. he did, he did like not every NBA player or athlete in general can do a full Valentino um, sponsorship campaign. He did a full Valentino campaign. I mean, that in and of itself is is pretty is is a great accomplishment for an athlete. Um, but Melo's an entrepreneur. I feel like that's a lane that he will continue to take and and do it very well. And he has amazing people around him. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was kind of sad. Like I was at D Wade's. Uh, I think the Heat. Yeah, the Heat's final game was against the Nets. So. Uh, I went to D-Wade's party, like the, his final game party, which was in New York. Um, and Melo was there to support him and, you know, a lot of other players. But you saw that brotherhood, that partnership, that friendship they have. And it was kind of sad, you know, because obviously D-Wade is, is one of the greats. And I don't know, I was just like, even thinking about it now, I'm like, damn, I was in that room. But also like, it's a lot of um, emotions going through. Just you know, thinking about Melo possibly never playing again in the league. 
I understand. Um, do you? It sounds like you are a big Coos, Coos person. Yes. Um, do you think he actually could be a third star? Because that's when things get dicey, and that obviously got NBA Twitter into. Uh, what do I mean, call this? Uh, NBA Twitter is a bunch of blog boys just talking, which is mm. also like fine, you know. NBA Twitter is great. It's 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 dope. It's, it's a space that basketball needed. But when it comes to Kyle, like I can't. When it comes to any Laker, I'm biased. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to Kyle, like I actually see how hard he works and how much he's improved. He's only two years in. Like, what do people want him to do? He was picked 27th, not second. You know what I mean? Like, what do you want from him? Like 25 and 15 every night. Like he can, he can, and he can do that. But just think, like talking about being a third star, there's a finesse in that in, uh, in it of itself. Because do you know how hard it is to play with a powerhouse like LeBron, and now you add another powerhouse in Anthony Davis? Just to be around those guys is a lot of pressure. And he's he took that pressure, he applied it, he works hard. He's not like. People are like, oh, he's, you know, he's on Instagram or whatever. Uh, no, he's not. He's actually going to, he's in Vegas right now working out and going to China. He easily could have dropped out and just hung out with models in L.A. for the rest of the summer for another month. But guess what? He's putting work in. So that's why I'm just like, do people just like to talk? And I guess that's what it is. I think it's is. more they're annoyed at like... Okay, so like the it, it's setting unreasonable expectations on this kid because but but that's what I'm saying. Like he wasn't picked second. He's not Brandon Ingram, and he yeah. took all that pressure. And he, like I said, like he had some huge games last season, and he's improving. I, I'm I can't say that you know, like he's reached his peak and plateaued. Like that's just not that's just false. He's only getting better. Like he's adding, he's working on his shot. He's adding different facets into his game. So if people can't see that and if they want to look at just because he's marketable and he's, you know, a good looking kid and he's a Laker and he has a lot of followers and a lot of engagement, that doesn't mean that that's what he does all day. Right. You I know what I mean? More, I think people even still understand that. I think everybody like likes Kuzma. I think they'd all just kind of see him as a role player. And then, but it's like, what do you think he's supposed to say when he's asked about this kind of stuff in that ESPN piece where it's like, he, he basically just says like, I believe that I can get there as a superstar. And it's like, well, I don't think there's any current NBA player that doesn't think they can still be a superstar. You kind of have you- that mindset if you're a professional athlete. So I, I never get, I, I don't understand why people get upset about stuff like that. It's like, what do you think they're supposed to say? And this is exactly my point. Like, you said it the right way. When you ask a player, like, people get mad when a player says, when somebody asks, oh, when they ask KD, oh, are you, do you think you're the best player in the league? Yes, I am. And then people are like, how dare he say that? LeBron's clearly better. Like, what do you want him to say? Do you want him to be like, yeah, you know what? I'm not as good, and I don't think I can be as good. Like, what the fuck is that? Right. Like, imagine I- if every player was like, well, I can't be Michael Jordan. So yeah, yeah, like like, when, like you you want to be that, and you want to challenge the best always, and you always feel like you can you can be the best, or you are, and like you can't ever say, ask a play like and like athletes' egos are are also up there. Like mm-hmm. let's be honest, how many players are on a team on a roster? There's millions of basketball players around the world. There's 12 people on the Lakers, and you're a Laker. 
Yeah. That is a big fucking deal. Yes, his ego is up there. Yes, he thinks he can be better next year. And yes, he, he thinks that he can contribute to Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Which if he would have said, yes, and if he would have said anything other than that, I personally would have been mad at him. <laughs> it's just yeah. what it is. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. Like, if I ask you, if you ask me, like, oh, do you think um, your podcast is the most interesting one, new, new podcast, Oh, out there right let me now tell you. in, in sports yes. i'd be like absolutely fuck yes mm-hmm. it's me and i'm trying to get better every day yeah you I know agree. what i mean like you have to be so, yeah you have to be your own biggest fan and if you don't believe in your own product no one else is going to believe in it either exactly and that's <laughs> marketing 101 over there my friend like that's just what it is like you have to have that mindset and i'm so very happy that he does yeah and if anyone's judging that then god bless them like i'm sorry and people just don't realize like i think how difficult it's going to be to play next to these two uh, this year like you have to have that mindset there's gonna be so many eyeballs on you especially with Kawhi mm-hmm. and paul george sharing the the arena there's just gonna be so many eyeballs on what kuzma does anyway because he's the remainder of that trade like he's the guy who stuck around um and it's just you think like, he d- yeah you think like he doesn't know that he doesn't acknowledge yeah he, he's aware yeah that people are out there saying well we tr- we actually kept the guy that we should have traded do you think mm-hmm. he's happy with like hearing no. that from fans he knows what it is he sees he peeps everything too he's on social media a few minutes of day yeah tell me I would have moved him and kept Lonzo. Like, I would have done everything I could to just keep Lonzo because I think I would be way more in on this Lakers team if Lonzo was still there and not Kuzma. Listen, again, that's a personal opinion. Yes, 100%. I'm just a huge you know? Lonzo guy, and I just, it makes I more love sense Lonzo from a too. depth I would have loved standpoint. to catch Yeah. Yeah. I just, it looks better to me. And I think Lonzo would have been perfect with those two and just. I don't know. I, I think it's going to be hard for those three to share the floor at, at crunch time. I, I just have to okay. see it. Okay. That's fair. Listen, I have to see it too. We haven't mm-hmm. seen it. So we haven't. Yeah. We haven't. And with, with Braun being hurt and out for so long and, you know, AD has his issues too sometimes and misses a bunch of games. So, yeah, I would love to see how that goes. But I'm not mad at them. I would have loved to, <laughs> when we kept all the kids, we didn't trade anyone for AD in February. I was elated. But at the same time, when you have a once in a generation type talent like Anthony Davis, you go for it. And I'm very excited to see what the Pelicans are going to do but because I feel like those kids are just going to flourish together. They're going to be their best selves. And I hope that Zoe can be healthy and I hope that Ingram can be healthy. Yeah. You know, so I'm just, I'm just world peace. You know, I'm just happy for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, I I think that, uh, um, the last thing I want to ask you, uh, um, do you think guys, what do you, like, it seems like the, because there's something else going on that there's been a lot of made about just a lot of guys skipping out on team USA. Um, yeah. Do you think guys actually do? What do you think? Do you think it's a problem that they're all skipping out? Do you think they're missing an opportunity? Do you think it really matters? Do you think it just doesn't oh. matter as much as it used to years ago? Or what? What do you think the rationale behind all these? Guys I feel like this not? kind of always happens. Mm-hmm. Like in two thousand four, the boys were there, like, and and they lost, right? And mm-hmm. then they brought in like Kobe did two thousand eight, Bron did two thousand eight, and then D Wade, and then they won, and that was a huge deal you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so 
I just feel like so what you're saying that, is they need to lose <laughs> no, no no I'm just I'm saying like I see a lot of the younger guys like Kemba's doing it and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum there's a lot of a lot of Celtics on there um you know Coos and those guys and it's fine for like these these guys that dropped out like there have been so 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 many pieces moving um this offseason that I kind of get it like guys just like Ugh, like now we got to go to China and there's there's been a lot of injuries. So, you know, guys are not trying to get injured before this big season of just power shift in the NBA. So I don't really see it as a problem. I mean, I'll still be watching. And um, I think it's great for the younger guys like Tatum and Kuz and them to kind of be the leaders of that, you know, to really like take yeah. charge of a team and gain that experience. I think it's great. I think it should just be, like, the college kids anyway. Like, I would change the rule to, like, just college kids and yeah. just move on and keep it away from all those guys and give them that kind of experience. And, I mean, there's a lot of college coaches anyway, and they get a chance to work with NBA coaches and that kind of I, – I don't know. I feel like that's that's the way to get around all of this and putting these athletes in a tough spot where it's like they just had a long year in the NBA game. These seasons are long for a lot of these guys, and they just want to rest their body. And I, I get it. Um, I, I don't think we should expect anyone to play if they are just like, eh, I, I've had a long year and I know this year's going to be long. If I can limit my exposure in any way, I'm, I'm going to do that. I think that's fine. Yeah, um, I agree. Vic, this has been great. I have taken entirely too much of your time, but I appreciate it. Oh, good. And, I enjoy it. <laughs> well, I have one final uh, question for you and then we'll, we'll be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, based on your 45 minutes with me on this podcast, which athlete that you're you're cool with do you think mm-hmm. would be the best fit on this podcast? Who would I get along with best? Oh, man. Um, I like, you know, you kind of let me do a lot of the talking. So uh, you need somebody that would like, I think Spencer Dinwiddie would be great on here because you kind of like drop the little hints and Spencer would just go with it because he's like, he's just so fun. He's such a fun personality. But also, I would say, I would say, mm, yeah, I think I would go with Spencer. Spencer okay. would be great. Yeah. All right. Well, Vic, the ball is in your court. If, uh, <laughs> you want to put feelers out there for Spencer Dinwiddie to come yeah. on and allow me to let him just go all in on all kinds of topics because of my journalistic integrity and the way I drop questions and let the let the interviewee speak so we'll get his uh opinion out a- absolutely so for sure I after i get him, him. when i get him to do mine i'll ask him about okay. yours <laughs> how's that he can do a, a podcast tour the chase and vic podcast tour one week beautiful beautiful thank vic. you so much yeah thank you i appreciate it chase thanks so much and that'll do it for today's episode of the chase thomas podcast I uh, just want to remind you guys, if you like today's episode and you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, I would really appreciate if you could take a second, leave the show a five-star rating and a review. If uh, you're not an Apple Podcast listener, remember you can find the show on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Uh, be sure to check out ChaseThomasPodcast.com where you can access all of my previous episodes and also find all my writing. I'm writing there fairly often. And also follow me on Twitter at Chase underscore Thomas and like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash Chase Thomas Writer. Uh, thank you for your support and we'll be back with another episode very soon. Thanks, guys.
Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas podcast. Hell yeah. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.